play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. Playoffs? What are you talking about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Welcome, everyone, to the fourth ever episode of the NFL in the Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Wilkes, with your co-host, Jose Faraz. We've got a new member of the team today, Ryan Watson. We'll get him on the mics in a bit. First off, I want to thank everyone who's followed me since day one. My NFL in the Zone Instagram account has 2,000 followers, so snaps to, uh, to everyone for that. Uh, Ryan, the new host on the team. How'd you get into football? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I'm Ryan. For those of you that, that don't know me, which most of you don't, um, I got into football in 2016. I, I was a bit of a late bloomer. I was always into sports, but football was never really my thing because I never really played it. But then started watching it. it. I took a liking to it. And it was the year that the Browns, the year after the Browns had just had a perfect season that uh, 0-16 season back in the day. And so I figured that's kind of how I became, quote-unquote, a Browns supporter, just because I figured there's nowhere to go but up from 0-16. Um, but, yeah, I was a bit of a late bloomer, but ever since then been been really into it. Sundays from 1 o'clock till midnight are, are all about football for me, and, and that's just the way I like it, which – I think bodes well for being on a podcast like this. So thanks for thanks for letting me join the team, guys. Yeah, no problem. And uh, it's really embarrassing, the three teams that we follow, the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Browns. Like, that is tough. We're the huge football yeah, guys, I, and we've had to live through this this disaster for the past 20 years. Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins, the Dolphins, I think, are probably have the brightest future um, at, at this point. So, so you with your guy Tua coming back, you, you've got some upside. The Browns have made every bad decision they possibly could this past off season. So I'm not super happy about that, but uh, we'll see what happens with, uh, with them this season for sure. As for the Jets, I, I mean, I don't, I, I have no justification for the Jets. Miami, I can understand the Jets. I just will never understand. Oh, great. Great. Just another guy to talk trash about the Jets. Yeah. Welcome, everyone. I'm Josefe Haas, and I will be the subject of many jokes on the podcast. But what can you say? When your team's like being made fun of by Browns and Dolphins fans, that means your team's rock bottom. That that could be the name of our <laughs> podcast, right, Jeremy? Rock bottom NFL team. Yeah, we could, we yeah. could rebrand. That's not bad. That's not bad. Um, I started from the bottom. Now we're here. Still at yeah. the bottom. Exactly. So we've gone through uh, three divisions in the AFC. We're doing the final division, the AFC South. Um, yeah. You ready to get things started? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, speaking of bottom tier teams, they're, they're, where else are we going to start except for the Texans? I mean, there are very few locks in sports. Um, anything can happen, but the Texans being at the bottom of the AFC South and the bottom of the league as a whole it's probably the closest to a lock you're going to get. Um, how do we feel about the Texans this year? Well, I, I can take off here. Um, I, I think, honestly, the Texans kind of surprised me last year a little bit just because everyone expected them to be like one of the worst teams in football history. Like they, they 
like they were really bad with Deshaun Watson in 2020, and then Watson obviously didn't play last year. So I think that the fact that they actually were competitive, they won some games. Uh, they did not finish the season with like the the first overall pick that belo- belongs to another AFC South team. They still the Texans managed to win four games. So I was kind of impressed, honestly. But now. I mean, like the expectations are going to be just a little bit higher just because they're moving away from the Watson fiasco and they, they, they need to show something now. It's, it's not going to be, oh, you guys won four games. Uh, we're feeling good just because everyone expected you to win like zero games. I think that the Texans, uh, if you look at the roster, like there's barely any talent that jumps out of the page, right? I mean, okay, maybe guys like Brandon Cooks. I really like Brandon Cooks. I think he's underrated. I think he's way better than, than people give him credit for. Very consistent too, right? Eh? Like he's exactly, he yeah. All he does is produce, mm-hmm. exactly. Everywhere he goes, he produces. Like he's uh, an underrated fantasy asset as well. Like every time he gets underdrafted in fantasy leagues and he shows up, he puts up like 1,000-yard seasons. So, but other than him, like who can you point towards in like in the Texas roster that is actually... Uh, a guy, a superstar, like a guy who's gonna put the team on his back and 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 win football games. I I, I barely see anyone. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about the roster and but just to start start off. We have to go with Davis Mills as like the key cog in that team, just because he's a quarterback, obviously most important piece in any football team. He played well last year for someone who had like zero expectations. Again, that that was the theme of the Texans season last year: zero expectations. Anything that happened was just going to surprise everyone because no one expected anything. But what do you think, Jeremy? Do you think that Mills actually, like, do you think that he overperformed? Or do you think that he was just decent enough that people didn't expect him to actually do anything, that that's why he actually surprised some people? I think he overperformed for sure. Like, this guy just came into the league and, like, teams underestimated this team or didn't really uh, give their best effort. I guess, stoop down to their competition, uh, if you want to say, against the Houston Texans. That's why I thought they they overachieved last year. I agree with you in that sense. But I don't think this team's going really anywhere this year. And I think Davis Mills, realistically, is going to take a step back. Um, I don't think this team has talent really anywhere. Brandon Cooks is is good. Like you said, the addition of John Mechie is is nice at receiver. Canadian asking, John Mechie. Canadian, yeah, Canadian. John Mechie. But you're asking the rookie to come in and, and perform and be a, a solid receiver on this team. Nico Collins, like that guy, I don't know what to expect from that guy this year. Like you said, there's no stars on this team. And uh, Laramie Tunsil, I guess, is the closest thing you can get to it. But um, Derek, they drafted Derek Stingley, who could also be a very good piece for the future. But like right now, this team is in my opinion, the worst in this division for sure. Just to piggyback off of you mentioned Derek Stingley. So I, I was kind of I was going to ask you guys how do you feel about the way they drafted in terms of what they need um obviously Davis Mills questionable wide receiver court not that good their backfield not great on offense so drafting a DB third overall do you think that was their big their that was their biggest need or do you think they should have gone someone more offensive uh, I love that I'll be honest I loved uh the Texans draft I think they, they did a great job I understand uh, your point on maybe going offense, but I think the strength of this draft was defense, especially edge rusher and cornerback. They went with the, the best available. I, I mean, like you could argue that Sauce Gardner was actually like maybe a safer choice 
Stingley has maybe a higher ceiling than, than Garner, who went to Jets, but I think that they nailed it. They went back-to-back secondary. They went uh, with Stingley and then Jalen Petre in the next in the second round, and I think that was a pretty good pickup too. I, 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 Jeremy and I we always uh, we always talk about that. Like teams that win in the playoffs always have like great secondaries, and I think they're starting to build one here that can actually be good in a couple of years. I agree with Jeremy. It's not gonna be good right away. It's not gonna be uh, like a top ten unit right now just because Stingley also is probably gonna go through some growing pains. It's kind of a risky pick as well, just because um, he was insanely good as a freshman in college for LSU, and then he wasn't that good at, like his sophomore and and uh, junior year. Like we also talked about the LSU thing, like uh, that his freshman year was a Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase year. They they won the national championship. He peaked, and then maybe the next two years, like the team wasn't good as a whole. Like a lot of the best players left. For the but NFL, now he's, now so. he's on a bad team, and he's exactly the best the players in the in the world. Went from one bad team to the next. Kind yeah, of I guess I, that's 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 actually a great point. Like he's, some people say that he kind of mailed it in. Like, oh, this team's not good, so it doesn't matter. Maybe that's gonna happen with the Texans too, just because they're not gonna be good right away. It's very unlikely that they they compete for a playoff spot or anything like that. So, but I, I do like like going. Uh, defensive back. I think that's that's a good way to build your team. And also, like, the QB class was was not special, right? Like, there was no one that they could... Like, who would you rather have, uh, Jeremy? Would you rather have Davis Mills or Kenny Pickett? The Q- I think the QBs were never in, in question. Like, this team is preparing to get a top five, top three pick for next year in a QB class that is significantly better than it was this year. So I don't think the QB was ever an option. And this team, going back to the question that Ryan asked, um, this team, like if you look at the draft analysts and what, what everyone was saying going into the draft, like they, they didn't, they had holes everywhere. Like you could say their, their whole team had like needs all over the field. So I guess Derek Stingley, I was kind of confused. I mean, I wasn't surprised because I actually had him in my mock draft going to Houston, but I thought Ahmad Gardner was the safer pick and I think he's going to be the better corner in the NFL. I know you're going to be happy about that one. Clip that. Clip that. Let's clip that. <laughs> a, a good nugget about the Jets. That's that's probably going to be the only one for the full, full season. They're I like the draft. I did like their draft. How do we feel? So continuing on the, the offensive side of the ball, I mean, like Jeremy said, the Texans are basically the football equivalent of Swiss cheese. They got holes everywhere. Where do we think their wide receiver core is in comparison to the rest of the league? You mentioned Brandon Cooks. Where, where do we think they are? It's terrible. Oh. It's, it's really bad. Like, there's, there's, there's no way around it. Like, Brandon Cooks has been able to produce and be the number one guy. But, like, if you put him on a really good team with a good receiving core, he's probably, like, a number two guy. And he's, like, the clear-cut number one guy on this team. And he's, like, there's no one even close to him. So this re- receiving core could be the worst in the NFL, in my opinion. So, I don't, I don't know. Jose, what do you think? Mm, I think that they might... I don't know. The Titans could have a worse receiving card than the than the Texans. We're gonna talk about that just just now. Yeah, I mean, like a few teams from now. But I, I, yeah, I, I guess it's it's a little bit like it depends on on, on the young guys too. Like Nico Collins, um, and John Matchy. They're not guys that were drafted to be like number one wide receivers. They're more like complementary pieces. 
Matchy, I feel like, could surprise everyone just because he dealt with some injuries in college. He always had, like, other guys were way more talented around him, you know, in Alabama. So that kind of, like, changes the way we, we perceive him a little bit. But, yeah, I agree with you guys. Like, it's not – it's definitely not a great wide receiver core. Uh, and – Davis Mills is, is like, he's a young QB still, right? So that's not going to be ideal for his development. They did sign Marlon Mack as running back. Like, I feel like that's a decent addition just because he's a veteran. He'll be able to uh, assist in, in pass protection, which is always really important for a young quarterback. Is that going to move the needle, back. though? Is that going to move no, the needle? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I agree. And, and I, I kind of liked, they drafted Damian Pierce as well. And yeah, I liked him. I liked him. A Pierce a was a, a sneaky good pickup. Maybe he can beat that guy. I mean, it's it's a lot of uncertainty around the Texans that I feel like they are not. They do not, like you said, Jeremy, and I totally agree. Even though we're trying to not agree as much, um, they are not gonna compete for for anything. Uh, if anything, they're just going for a top five draft pick next year in a sort of strong draft class for quarterbacks. So if Davis Mills overachieves. If he plays well enough to push the Texans to like seven wins, which would be insanely good for this roster, then I think they are not going to draft a QB next year. But it looks like they're just, you know, like mailing it in for next year and maybe get a top five draft pick and, and go with a different QB. But we'll see. Like, I'm, I, I'm, there's not a lot to love about the Texans roster for sure. Okay. So before we move on to another. <laughs> bottom tier team in the AFC South. What do we feel the over-under for the Texans is this season? Well, the over-under is four and a half for the Texans, and the over is minus 110, and the under is minus 120. Um, I actually, I'm going to take the under on this. I know it's a really low total. It's it's probably the lowest in the league. I don't think this team's winning more than four games this year. Like, their roster top to bottom is one of the worst in the league. And I know they get to play the Jaguars twice, and this division's not very good. But this is probably the worst team in the league talent-wise. You can make an argument. So I don't think this team's winning four games. I'm going to go with the under. Oh, okay. So for the first time in a while, I'll be able to disagree here because I'm going to take the over. I I don't think the Texans are going to be any good, but four and a half is a really low over-under. Like How many did they win last year? Four games last year, cool. yeah, and they're they are just a little bit better this year. I feel like uh, they have a, a better coach, right? Like last year, we all knew uh, the coach was a lame duck. He was signed just for one year. Everyone knew he was not gonna be there long term, and now it's a different situation. They got a vet, veteran high coach, and obviously, like I feel like it, the Texans have enough to surprise a little bit and win like five or six games. I do think Bobby that, Smith's a defensive coach, though, right? Yeah, but that's that's ideal for like teams that don't have a lot of talent to actually sneak in a couple more wins than usually. Just because, like, it's possible to scheme your way into a good defense. An offense, in my opinion, requires more talent. It requires more guys to actually be able to, uh, you know, out like be faster and and just better overall than, than the other team. So I think the love is made is probably going to be able to um, come up with a scheme that at least in games against like the Jets, against the Jaguars, you know, they, they, they could probably be able to, to win. There's always like an upset here and there, you know, like let's say they play Philly at home on a Thursday night. That's 
the kind of game that I could totally see Philadelphia losing just because, you know, like it's a short week, playing at home. So I'm going to go with like five or six wins for the Texans. So that's why I, I have the over. But it, I, I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they they the under as well. Yeah, it's, it's a really low total. I, I, I could see it going over, but I think I think it's going under. And what you were saying about Lovey Smith, I kind of disagree just because the the part of their team that caught people off guard last year or the aspect of their team was their offense. They surprised a lot of people and this offense was better, even though they were near the bottom, they were still a little bit better than people thought. And that was what was winning them games last year. And having Lovey Smith there, I don't know how much better this offense is going to be. So on to another bottom tier team that find themselves in the AFC South. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars just coming off the first, having the first overall pick in the most recent draft. How do we feel about that pick? And how do we feel about the Jaguars? Javon Walker, baby. I just saw a report today about how he's tearing up the, like everything uh, on OTAs and then now just got to training camp. Like it, there's always, there's always optimism when it comes to low tier teams, like the Jets, the Jaguars, like the, the Dolphins, the Browns. It's always like, oh, the guys look great on training camp, you know, like best shape let me, of their life. Let me guess. Let me guess. Jags reporter? Jags beat writer. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is, right? Like it, it's, it's time to be optimistic. It's time to actually think that things are going to turn out for the, for, the, for the good now, right? I mean, I don't love the Trayvon Walker pick. Not gonna lie, I think that was a bit of a reach. Uh, yes, he destroyed the combine. He was probably the most athletic person attending the combine. But I, we've seen it over and over. To be a great football player, it takes a lot more than just being like an all-star, underwear Olympics kind of guy. And that's what that's what Trayvon Walker seemed to me a little bit. He doesn't have the production in college to justify being a first overall pick. But hey, like, I mean, every once in a while, guys like that do work out. Like we, we, we saw that with uh, Rashawn Gary, actually, uh, with the Packers. Like he's outperforming uh, a lot of projections just because he was he was a really athletic guy in college, but he didn't have the production to justify being like a first round pick. But he's, he's, he's starting to turn the corner and become a really good player. So maybe Trayvon Walker is going to be like that too. I don't love it for a team like Jaguars, who actually, like, you had a guy, uh, you, you had um, Aiden Hutchinson sitting there, who was a much safer pick, right? Especially for a team who's not winning many games. But I think that eventually the Jaguars have to turn the corner. We, we talk about that with every single, low, again, low-tier team, but I think that the Jaguars do injected a lot of talent into their team. It's one of the reasons that the over and under is projecting them to not be the worst team in the division. Uh, and one of the reasons that our good friend and NFL analyst, Matteo Macchinacci, have them winning the division, actually, which I'm not going to go there just yet. But I think that they did a decent job. Again, just like the, the Texans, they brought in a much better head coach. The Urban Meyer fiasco last year was just Insane. Like, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen a, a head coach be as bad as, as Meyer was last year in the NFL. Probably, like, um, I remember the guy, Tom Sula, with, uh, with the 49ers, had a terrible year as well. But I, I think Meyer takes the crown for me as the worst head coach I've ever seen. So just upgrading by firing him is, is, is really good. I, I think that Doug Peterson, he has a Super Bowl to his resume. 
Uh, he's respected around the league. He's a guy that is creative offensively, so that should help Trevor Lawrence a lot. To get Travis Etienne back, uh, he never played for them last year after uh, suffering, I think it was a foot injury in the offseason. He never played, despite being a, a first-round pick. The running back from Clemson, he already has chemistry with Lawrence from playing together in college, so that helps a lot. I think that overall, uh, I, I mean... Their second first-round pick as well. I mean, Devin Light. I, I don't love it. Like, going running back, I think that the team had a lot more uh, holes to, to actually fill. They invested a lot in their front seven. They also have Clavon Chasen from LSU, who they drafted two years ago in the first round. Or one year ago. I don't remember if it was 2020, 2021. Um, it's, it's like... You need to maybe spread the wealth a little bit more, I would say. But again, like the defense was really bad last year. So they also got Chad Muma, who is a decent later round pick. They got Falorunso Fatukazi from the Jets. I always have to plug in my Jets guys. Fatukazi is actually pretty good. He's a great run stuffer. I think that the Jets made a mistake letting him walk. He's a really good like two-down player in the middle of the defense. So that's going to help a lot against running game. I think that the overall, I like, but I don't love the Jaguars offseason. So I'm going to throw a question for you, Jeremy, so you can talk. I, I talked a lot about the defense. So why don't you talk about the offense? And more specifically, what did you think about the contract that they gave Christian Cook? Uh, in, in terms of this, this team's offseason, I thought it was pretty bad. Like, I know they spent a lot of money in the upgraded positions. But like you said, the... the draft pick of Trayvon Walker I felt like it was more of a, a reach I think Aiden Hutchinson was the clear favorite and the best player in this draft and he would have been a safer pick and if they're spending all this money now like they're trying to win now right so why wouldn't you take the guy that's more of a safe pick and a clear cut he's a beast like Aiden Hutchinson has produced uh every single year in college so I think that was a bit of a reach in terms of Christian Kirk like this guy wasn't even the number one receiver on Arizona. I know they have DeAndre Hopkins, but paying this guy, like, what is it? 18 mil a year to come in and be the number one guy. The Jaguars never figure out the receiving room. Like, it seems like they always have a bad receiving core. And spending all this money, they spent some money on the offensive line, which was good because their offensive line sucked last year. Can I ask um, you a question, Jeremy? Uh, do you think that yeah. Christian Kirk is actually better than Marvin Jones? You can make an argument. I think Marvin Jones is good. Like, I think Marvin Jones is a pretty good receiver. Um, those guys are going to compete for the number one spot. And Trevor Lawrence and Marvin Jones played a year together, so they have that chemistry. So you can make an argument that Marvin Jones is the number one receiver. But if you're paying a guy 70 mil over the next four years, like, you better be giving him the ball. And you better put him into the game plan. But, yeah, I didn't love the Jags offseason. In terms of getting the receivers the ball, obviously the only person that can do that is the quarterback. And they have who was slated to be the second coming of John Elway in Trevor Lawrence. Um, obviously, we haven't really seen him live up to that reputation. Do we think he's going to turn the corner in year two? I think he was in the worst possible position to succeed last year. A coach, that, that coaching disaster with Urban Meyer. Uh, he didn't have talent around him. The offensive line sucked. Uh, Marvin Jones was his top receiver. Their tight end is now Evan Ingram. I don't even know who it was last year. 
like this team was just really bad all around and they were just a disaster, a disaster, like no chemistry. There was nothing going on with this team. And Trevor Lawrence is now in a better position. He's got an offensive minded coach and an experienced coach. And I just think this team's in a much better position. I just said that I didn't love their off season, but if we're going to say whether Trevor Lawrence is going to take the next step in year two, I would say he's in a much better position to do so. Yeah, I'm going all in the Trevor Lawrence train. Uh, just hop on, Trevor Lawrence taking off this time. I, I, there's no, there's no way a guy like that. Like, if he doesn't play well this year, I'm gonna seriously question like how much he actually likes the game. Just because he talent, he has more than enough talent. We we saw that already in college. He, like, I know that he, the scheme he played in college does not usually translate that well to the pros, but it doesn't matter. Like, he showed everything. He has the arm strength. He can read defenses, even though. He's not like a mad genius. He's not, I don't think he's at the level that Joe Burrow was, but he's just that much younger too, coming into the NFL. He's very mobile. So I would love to see him taking off, you know, scrambling, maybe picking up first downs with his legs. I think they, the Jaguars, they could use uh, Lawrence in a similar way that the Bills use Allen in that regard, just because I think he's that good of an athlete. And I do think he could, uh, he has the frame to withstand hits as well. So that, that could help. I think that Doug Peterson is going to be huge for Trevor Lawrence, right? And that's the next topic we have here. Like Doug Peterson, um, I mean, I know that the Carson Wentz thing didn't go too well. And in some ways, Trevor Lawrence does compare to, to Carson Wentz. But I, I think that Peterson, like he comes from a tree, from the Andy Reid tree, which is really good at developing QBs. That's all they do. Like it's arguably the best tree like coaching tree in the NFL when it comes to developing QB. So I think that he's going to do a, a good job just developing Lawrence overall and finding ways to make the offense easy for him. Because last year, it was the opposite, right? Like, he, like the offense was not doing any helps. The offensive line wasn't great. They, they never had like a semblance of a running game. James Robinson, the guy that went undrafted and was a, a really good revelation in, in 2020, struggled with some injuries like i said they lost travis Etienne, so everything should be better for him yeah they don't have a number one wide receiver that they're paying a lot of money for christian kirk i don't love i totally agree with jeremy when it comes to like i don't love the jaguars offseason uh long term just because you're not gonna like paying 18 million dollars a year for for kirk is not gonna help you win a super bowl well, what about but short comes, term like, even yeah, short-term, well, they spent all this money. Like, do you think they're going to compete this year? Like, they're over under six and a half wins. Like, if you're spending that much money, you're looking to compete this year. And, like... No, yeah, I, I agree. Not... I, that's, that's true. But, I mean, at the same time, if you want your quarterback to actually... I mean, yeah, they could have given that money to someone else. Right? There were other guys available. We saw a lot of receivers trade, like, teams. They could have waited and maybe traded for a guy like Tyreek Hill, right? Like, like the Dolphins there. So they could have gone a different route. I know that A.J. Brown would never be traded within the division, so that was never on the table for them. But, yeah, Devontae Adams chose to go to the Raiders as well, so maybe that wasn't available too. I, but, I mean, at some point, you do need to give uh, Lawrence targets. Maybe they could have used the draft for that just because it was a, a good, if not great, uh, wide receiver class. But at the same time, you need to give him someone to throw the ball to and Kirk could help in that regard. He's a decent, like, third-down wide receiver. He picks up a lot of first, first, um, first downs. 
But at the same time, the Cardinals let him walk and they traded for Marquise Brown with Ravens, right? And, and Brown isn't even that great. So that says a lot about Kirk, I think. And we, go ahead, Ryan. We think that for me personally, the narrative around Lawrence is that it's his second year. Second year QBs typically of his caliber take off, like Lamar won MVP, Mahomes won MVP, Allen finished second in MVP voting in his second full season. So there's a, there's a precedent that second year QBs succeed. But the one thing I will say about that is that all of those quarterbacks had a chip on their shoulder. And do we think that Lawrence lacks that chip because he hasn't really, he went first overall. He's been labeled the second coming of John Elway. He's never really been quote unquote doubted. Allen went to a lesser college. Uh, Lamar was drafted last in the first, like almost didn't even make it in the first round. Do we think that, that that success in the second year for all these other quarterbacks is, is contingent on being questioned and does Lawrence lack that that chip on his shoulder? It's a great point. It really is a great point. Um, I think it's a different situation, right? Like coming into the league and being that that top guy. But after what we saw last year, like there is a chip on his shoulder now. There might not have been at the beginning of last year, but after a poor season where people are like questioning whether this guy is as good as people say he is, he was like terrible last year. Like his decision-making, I'm sure it's tough when a rookie comes into such a terrible situation and I'm, I'm absolutely torching the Jags right now, but he was terrible last year. Like he threw 17 picks uh, in 17 games. That's a pick a game. He, his decision-making was off. Doug Peterson's going to help that out, but yeah, I think he has a chip on his shoulder and I think he's going to be much better this year, despite um, what I'm saying about the Jags. Like this team is better all around. They spent a lot of money and I don't necessarily think it was in the right places but they still spent a lot of money and they upgraded their offensive line with the addition of Sheriff uh, and they re-signed Cam Robinson. So those guys are good pieces to build around, but I would have much rather them instead of spending all that money on Sheriff, like spend 10 mil less on uh, two other guys or whatever, just build more around them rather than spending it all on one guy who's getting a little older now. Right. But yeah, I think there's a chip on his shoulder this year and he's going to be much better. Jose, what do you Uh think? I don't, I don't want to extend myself too much here. We don't have to spend like 30 minutes talking Jack's football. No one deserves that. But I, 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 I kind of want to throw that to you, Jeremy. Um, you're the general manager for the Dolphins. Your phone rings. Uh, it's Balk. And he wants to trade Lawrence for Tua straight up. What do you say? Yes. Yes. 100%. Like he has more talent. He has more upside. His, his ceiling is a lot higher than Tua. And as much as I talk highly about Tua, like a lot of it's optimism, right? Like I really hope he plays yeah. well. I talked about how I'm emotionally invested in him, but like Lawrence, we've seen how much talent this guy has, and his if his decision making gets better and he gets, uh, he's in a better situation, which he is this year. He's going to be a lot better. So yeah, that's what we expect from him. So let's see how he does this year. But it's it's he has to produce. Uh, there's no more rookie leash for him. He, he needs to be good right away now. Will yeah, he produce? Six and a half wins, or over six and a half wins, or will he, will he not? Um, I'll go first. I'll go first with the over under for the for the Jags. Six and a half. I think so. I, I I'm optimistic today. I think so. I think they're gonna go over. I think they're gonna win seven to eight games. 
again. I don't think they're going to go uh, to the playoffs. But I do think that this team has enough talent. And I, I am a Doug Peterson believer. So I think that they go like seven or eight wins. I'm going to go with the over as well. Um, I have a feeling that Jeremy's going to disagree with me here. So what do you think? What do you, what do you guys think I'm going to say? I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> Uh, you I don't tell know. You, me. Seem pretty, you seem pretty optimistic. I feel like yeah, 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 could, yeah. Could be could be an over guy. Yeah, no, I'm I'm heading the other direction for sure. I think this team's staying under six and a half wins. It is pretty low, and uh, I think they they won how many games last year? Four also. Yeah, uh, I think it was four or three, but yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know how much better this team is. Doug Doug Peterson's gonna help Trevor Lawrence in that offense, but the defense is really young. And I don't know how well their defense is going to perform. They weren't good last year and they got a lot of young guys. So I'm going to lean towards the under. And so, yeah, it's an, e- it's an easier division, but like, I can't see them winning seven games. Like this team is not good enough to win seven games in my opinion. Yeah. They won three games last year. So winning seven would be more than doubling their wins. So it's pretty optimistic for me, but I, I, I believe in them. I think that they're going to be a little bit better and they have to. And I believe in Lawrence as well. So we'll see. Shout out to Matias Bueno. And now that's enough Jaguars talk. Uh, Ryan, let's yeah, move yeah, on. Yeah, let's move. Oh, yeah, uh, Ryan, let's move on. Coming from the guy who's talking <laughs> the, for 20 minutes. I love the Jags. Shout out Matias Bueno. Let's, yeah, I love. <laughs> let's move on to the presumably presumably the second place team in the AFC South based on um, Vegas's odds. The Tennessee Titans. They've obviously are not don't have much competition uh in comparison to the last two teams we talked about they do have an aging quarterback however and like how do we feel that ryan Tannehill and the titans are going to hold up this year yeah um the titans i think the titans are they're obviously worse than they were last year and another year of Tannehill. Tannehill is getting older but yeah i think this team's a lot worse than it was last year they, uh, the receiving core is different now that A.J. Brown's not there. They don't have, like, a bonafide number one guy with Julio gone as well. This team, like, overall, their defense is okay. But um, their secondary is pretty solid. They've got Caleb Farley, who's been hurt, and uh, he was a higher pick. But I think he's going to be okay this year. And Kevin Byard, I think he's the best safety in the NFL right now. So that secondary is good. And... The linebacker, Harold Landry, that was a big uh, signing to keep him. But this offense, it's just not going to move the needle for me. I think the Colts had a much better offseason. Like, the Colts got significantly better, and I think the Titans got significantly worse. And there wasn't much separating the two going into uh, this offseason. You don't think think Derrick Henry can carry the offense? That's the thing. Like, is he going to be healthy for 17 games this year? It ha- it, it's just it's a lot to ask for. He's getting older, and the, the team really depends on Derrick Henry. He's a beast, and everyone knows that. But sooner or later, he's going to regress, and it could happen this year. I'm not saying it's going to, but it's going to happen, and this team overall, top to bottom, is just not as good as it was a year ago. Yeah, I guess this is finally the episode that me and Jeremy start to disagree because I don't agree at all with uh, your, your assessment of the Titans. I mean, I think that we have different ways of actually seeing the rosters. I think that the Titans, every year, no, no one actually believes that the Titans are like Super Bowl contenders, but they always surprise, they always play well. They are very well coached by Mike Brabo. 
Yeah. Uh, I know he's yeah. he's a little on the crazy side. Uh, the guy's like a little nuts. He said he would chop off his thing for the Titans to win a Super Bowl. So every time your coach is willing to actually, you know, like do that to win, that's you know you gotta believe the guy actually trusts himself. I, I I like. I mean, I don't love their off season. I'm gonna be faced by saying that. Like I yeah, obviously like trading AG Brown. Uh, it's weird to say the least. Uh, Traylon Burks is probably not going to come in and replace him right away. I do like the pick. I think that Traylon Burks projects as, a, as an A.G. Brown kind of player, although he has been struggling on OTA, some some concerns about him having asthma and, and not being able to, to actually practice with the team a lot because he's struggling. But at the same time, like we... we we heard how Jamar Chase was struggling last year too, and he ended up being really good in the NFL. They got Robert Woods, which is like a very underrated pickup for them. I think he's a really good wide receiver. He's not the number one clear-cut guy, but he's a guy who can take the load off Bucks while he develops. Um, Coming off an ACL injury, though, right? Like you're yeah, asking but this guy to come nowadays, in and be the she, number one receiver. No, I, I I I see what you're saying, but I mean, like AJ Brown and Julio Jones barely played last year, like. They lost a lot of games to injury as well. Julio Jones was not a net positive for them by any means. I don't think he was even good. Uh, I mean, I think that the, the Titans can... I, I, I see how you're saying like they, they got worse. But at the same time, like, did they? Like, because they could barely rely on those guys last year. So maybe they're not as good as 2020. But 2021, it's about the same. And now their defense is getting better. You said like Caleb Farley's coming back from injury. I, like, I'm gonna contradict myself a little bit here, but I don't believe he's actually gonna contribute a lot just because yeah, he struggled right. with injuries in college as well. Like, I remember like when he was drafted, like he's, ma- he was a major red flag in terms of injury. And what happens in his rookie year? He plays only 60 snaps and and never contributes. So. But at the same time, they have one of the best front sevens in the NFL. They have probably one of the best defensive linemen in Jeffrey Siemens. They just yep. gave Harold Landry a huge cash, uh, a huge bag of cash. He's really good too. Uh, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. One guy I forgot NFL. about. One guy I forgot about, and he's like elite. Is Zach Cunningham? That guy is a tackle machine. He's all over the field. And yeah, uh, yeah honestly, the defense is pretty solid, but the offense just too many questions for me. Exactly. They have something... they have Bud Dupree. Coming back, sorry, sorry, just nah, no, go go about go the go front go seven. Uh, Budrup is coming back from injury as well. Like he, I actually he played last year, but he was coming back from injury last year. Maybe he's gonna be better too. So I know I have a lot of faith in the Titans. The secondary think, is solid, very solid. I think there's something to be said that you said like they may have gotten worse, but the number one team in the AFC getting worse. How how much worse could they possibly have gotten? in one off season going from the top of the AFC to like how, how much could they have dropped out of a playoff spot? I don't think so. Well, I don't think there was um, much separating them between the Colts. Like I think the Colts, obviously they lost their last game to the Jags, which knocked them out of the playoffs, but I don't think there was much of separation between those two teams. Like even in the odds last year, going into the season, they were pretty tight in who's going to win the division and now the Colts are the favorite because they got better and the Titans got worse. So yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point by Ryan. I agree. Like you were the number one seed, right? We we forget that actually because it was a sneaky number one seed, but I agree with Ryan. Like how much worse can they actually be just in one year? But maybe, maybe they pull a Montreal Canadians kind of thing 
you know, like going from the, okay. the Stanley Cup finals to, to <laughs> the blasphemy coming out of your mouth today. But here's a, here's a question. And, and is there a world or is there a scenario with the exception of injury that Malik Willis comes in for Ryan Tannehill? No, no, it's not happening this year. Tannehill is also, too, yeah. He's also one of those guys that, like, when he's healthy, he he's never, like, he never plays bad. Like, he's always either average or a little, like, above average, whatever you can make an argument. I'd say more on the average end. But, like, he's very – his floor is, like, very consistent. Like, he never really has a bad year. He doesn't throw many picks. Uh, he doesn't take too many, like, crazy risks. Like, he, he gets the job done. And he'll win you games if you have a decent team around him. Like, he took the Dolphins to the playoffs, like, five, six years ago. And our team was kind of in the middle there. Yeah, I agree. I don't I think, Jeremy, I, I don't think we're talking about the same person here. Ryan Tannehill? Oh, sorry. I, th- I thought you, my bad, my bad. I thought you were talking oh, you're about talking Malik about, I, I wasn't was like, really was talking about Malik six Willis. Years ago. <laughs> no, I didn't yeah, really I touch mean, upon Malik Willis, but I mean, year one, I think he's got a lot to develop. And do, are you going to tell me that in year one, he's a better option than Tannehill when healthy. Like, I, I, no. no, no, I'm, not, I, I'm just the host friendly. No, 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 I know. I'm, I know. Just, I'm just trying to, to ask the questions that the people want to know and the people want to know who's going to win the division. And that's what we're trying to figure out. Um, over under on the Tennessee Titans. What do we got? Nine and a half, nine and a half with the over being plus one ten and the under being minus one forty. Jose. You go first. Um, yeah, I kind of, I kind of regret going over with the Jacks just because I, <laughs> there's no way I can go over for every team in the division. Uh, under Mike Vrabel, they never won less than nine games. They every year they had a winning record under Mike Vrabel since 2018, but two times they won only nine games. So I think I'm gonna go. <sighs> this guy's talking about how good they are, and he's going under nine. I, yeah, but. <laughs> I don't want I don't feel comfortable going over here because nine is high. Nine is kind of high. And I could see them winning nine games, right? Like eight, nine games. Maybe, maybe they win 10, 11. Uh, I'm, I'm going to abstain. Can I abstain, Jeremy? Is that on the NFL? TBD, in the TBD, TBD. The season hasn't started yet. You can make your decision at a later date. Okay. So I'm going to do just like Vegas did with the Browns and not have a line right now. Fair enough. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I seem to be hating on this division quite a bit, but I'm going to go with the under well, here. I mean, to be fair, it is a pretty garbo it's pretty division. <laughs> it's pretty it's bad. It's hard not to hate on it. It's pretty bad. But like like you said, the Titans were the number one seed last year, and, and the Colts were just outside of playoff slots. So the top two teams are, are pretty decent, and then the bottom two are obviously quite poor. But um, yeah, I'm going to go the under on this one. I think Tennessee got worse. And there's a lot of questions with Robert Woods coming back from an injury. They got Traylon Burks, who's a, who's a rookie. I think he's going to be pretty good too. But it's year one for a rookie receiver. And uh, Austin Hooper at tight end. I just don't think the weapons are there. Derrick Henry is always a question whether he can stay healthy or not. We know what he's capable of when he's healthy. If he plays 17 games, I give this team a, a chance. But if he doesn't, which is increasingly more likely as he gets older i'm i'd say that the tennessee titans are going to win less than nine games this year or nine or less 
so we got the Tennessee Titans, despite how good Jose seems to think they're going to be. He's, <laughs> he's got the uh, we got. You can't two. take him to win ten games though. He thinks That's they're going to be fair. amazing. I mean, but... I mean, we can't have every team in the division be over. That doesn't logistically make any sense. The Colts are the favorite to win the division. Um, they've swapped places with the Titans. How do we feel about that? We've talked. We've mentioned um, briefly that they they have had a successful off season. Um, do we like do we like the signing of Matt Ryan? Yeah, I, I liked it. I mean, I thought it was. I was looking at their numbers, like in comparison, Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz, and I didn't realize how good Carson Wentz's numbers were last year. But look at the difference in teams that they were playing on. The Falcons, not a good O line, no running backs there. And Calvin Ridley, their top receiver, played five games. So, like, what was Matt Ryan dealing with in Atlanta? And then what was Carson Wentz dealing with in Indianapolis? Carson Wentz threw 27 touchdowns. Guess how many picks he threw? I just want to see what you guys think. I have the number right here. I think it was five. Five? Seven. Yeah, seven's seven right. Seven, <laughs> seven's go. right. Seven. Seven's right. But I knew it was a low number, yeah. Before I looked, I thought it was going to be more. Like, I thought it would, it would be a lot more just because Carson Wentz known, is known as, like, that guy that kind of is a little wacky with his decision-making. But, yeah, I, thought, I, I was surprised to see that number. And Matt Ryan had 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. So Matt Ryan's going into a much better situation. He's got Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, a much better O-line. And he's got a number one receiver, or he, he's their number one receiver. I don't know if he's actually a wide receiver one. But Michael Pittman is going to be his top receiver. And I just think he's in a much better situation. So, yeah, I think it's an upgrade for sure. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. Um, I mean, the Colts did have a pretty run first offense last year. That's why Carson Wentz got down the mistakes. And, like, I, I think that I, I think that one reason that they moved on from Carson Wentz and traded him to Washington was – he had issues with like the coaching staff. He's not a guy that like gets along with everyone. His personality is a little bit off for some reason. So, oh, but yeah, Ryan is a... that was the coach that uh, like Frank Reich is the coach he had in Philly, right? Yeah, exactly. And he still managed to like overstay his welcome in only one year with the guy that actually traded for him because he believed in him. I'm not sure what happens with Carson Wentz, to be honest. It's kind of weird. Like, the guy has a lot of talent, but it's just weird. So I think that going from Wentz to Matt Ryan, it's an upgrade just because Ryan's, like, he's a more reliable quarterback, I would say. He has a lot of track record of success. I think, like you said, the offense around him is going to be that much better in comparison to what he had last year with the Falcons. So he has a really good offensive line. Mike Pittman, I agree, he's a stud. I think he's going to be a really good number one wide receiver. He's probably a good pickup in fantasy as well. Um, I, I love, like, their defense. They got Ngakwe from the Raiders as well. Like, Ngakwe, I know the that PFF doesn't, crazy, doesn't love him, but he had 10 sacks last year. He, he's, he's that kind of guy that could complement, like, the interior pressure that they have. Uh, Pay is another one of those guys that we talked in regards Breakout. to, like, Rashawn Gary and Trayvon Walker. Yeah, Quiddy Pay is a guy that I know that they all went to Michigan, right? Quiddy Pay also went to Michigan, so maybe it's the the Michigan. Can't, no, actually, Trayvon Walker went to, to never mind. Jim went Harbaugh. to Georgia. Jim Harbaugh. Uh, but yeah, Pay and Gary, they both went to Michigan and they broke out being like that physical specimen. So maybe Pay is gonna break out as well. So I yeah, there's front seven is insane. 
Uh, the Forest Buckner is probably one of the best defensive tackles in the league, like interior defensive linemen, but he also slides out to the edge. He's just a beast. I don't understand why the 49ers traded him away, to be honest. Like, they went and got Jeevan Kinlaw, who's not even close to being as good as Buckner. But anyway, it's like Kenny Moore is a good safety. Like, and they got Stafford Gilmore as well. I don't think he's going to be that good now. Uh, he's a little bit on the older side. He's on the but older it, side, yeah. But I, I, I think he's that good. this team, yeah, this team is ready to compete and be a playoff team for sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add a little bit of my own personal uh, Browns uh, spice to this conversation. Back when the trade rumors started with Baker Mayfield, there was a lot of talk about him going to Indianapolis. Would that have been a better fit than Matt Ryan? Uh, like you need, I don't know, actually, that's an, that's a really good question because Baker Mayfield, I think kind of a similar quarterback to Carson Wentz where their decision-making sometimes is questionable in a way, but, and it's a similar situation where he's going from the Browns offensive line to the Colts offensive line, which are both near the top of the league. And they also have top running backs. So it's like a similar situation, actually. Um, but Matt Ryan is a smarter quarterback and he's not going to turn the ball over much. And he's got the backfield now. It's, it's tough. I'd probably go with Baker over Matt Ryan. Yeah. Wow. That's a hot take. Yeah. I guess the only thing to me that Baker brings that Ryan doesn't is age. Like Ryan's older. That's all. Like I think Ryan's a much better quarterback than Baker right now. So I don't know. I wouldn't have loved Baker to, to the tight, to the Colts, even though I know that Ryan is sparking at me just because I said last yesterday that Baker Mayfield's much better than people give him credit for. So he's I, I probably going to come too. back at me with that. But anyways, I, I would prefer Ryan. For sure. Ryan's Fair old enough. and like less athletic. That's the way I see it. But, and it's like, like I said, a very similar situation to what Baker had in, in Cleveland. And when he was healthy, like they, they were pretty good. They almost beat the chiefs in that playoff game. Like, Ryan, Ryan is old and less athletic, but just so our viewers know, that's that's in regards to Matt Ryan, not Ryan Watson, our host, who's young and athletic. Young yeah. and athletic. <laughs> so obviously they're not going to have their, their QB scrambling like they would if they had signed Baker, so their running game's going to have to come from somewhere different. Obviously last season they had no problem with that, having Jonathan Taylor um, have a breakout year. Do we think he's going to continue it, or do we think he's going to be a, the next David Johnson and only have one one good year and then completely fall off? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to repeat it. He's still young, really young, actually. I think he's like 23, 24 years old. Uh, similar O-line that he had last year, and Quentin Nelson wasn't even healthy for the whole season. He wasn't even that good. Like, Or, I mean, he was very good. He's still a top offensive guard but he wasn't the best offensive guard and he wasn't as good as we're accustomed to seeing. So him back and playing at a high level, which I assume is going to happen this year is going to help him out and having Matt Ryan there, a much smarter quarterback and just a better team overall like that. Jonathan Taylor is going to go crazy this year. He is the best running back in football. I give him the edge over Derrick Henry. Uh, Jose, what do you think? Yeah, 100%. Best running back in football. Draft him in your fantasy league so first overall, in my opinion. I was Girl, already no. I was really high on, on JT last year. Like, I remember, like, during the draft, I actually won my home league for the first time in a long time, and I had him on my roster. And a lot of people gave me, like, a hard time because, oh, he doesn't catch passes out of the backfield. He's not a good fantasy. And he went out and, and did everything for the Colts last year. I think he's a really, really good player. Like, he's a stud. I agree with you, best running back in the NFL. So 
Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I think that the Colts are again gonna have a really good running game, but now they might even have a better uh, passing offense as well. Okay, before we move on to the totals, I have a question to ask you guys. So Jonathan Taylor had the best year out of all the running backs last year. How much do you think he's making in twenty twenty two? Just guess. 700,000. 700,000. You're crazy. A million five. He was a second round pick, right? So probably something like, yeah, less than two mil, I think. Okay, well, I'm trying to get you guys off guard with these questions, but you guys are guessing. Maybe you know because I'm asking them, but he's only making 1.3 million this year, this coming year. And then next year, he's only making 1.7 mil. How crazy is that? Yeah, it was a second round. That's why you draft running backs in the second round because they become a good value for you while they're like peaking, right? I mean, he's the best running back in the NFL and he's making not that much money. That's 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 how you handle the, the position. He better he better hope that he has a good season this year and next year cuz which I'm saying I'm not saying he won't, but if he doesn't then his next contract isn't going to be as big as it was if it if he got re-signed this year. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's a it's a weird situation. Like it's really that's a the, shame for him. That's the that's the the crapshoot about positions like running back, right? Like you're only as good as your last season or your last game. And it's in terms of getting paid, it's kind of hard to stake it's unless you're one of the top guys, which I'm not saying Jonathan Taylor isn't, but unless you're one of the top guys that or a few guys rather that can stay consistent. Yeah. A payday is harder, harder to come by than you think. For sure. That being said, he is slotted to be the best running back again this year. So what do we think he's going to do for the over? And um, what do you guys have on the over under for the Indianapolis Colts? Okay. So the over is nine and a half or the over under is nine and a half with the over being minus 145 and plus 115. I think me and Jose are going to disagree on this once again. I'm going to take the over. I think that the Colts are the best team in this division. I think they're going to win double-digit games this year. And I think that this roster, I don't know if they're one of the best in the league, but they have potential if everything goes right to compete for a Super Bowl. So I'm going to go with the over on the Colts. My first over in this division. Yeah, someone has to hit the over, right? Um no, I, I'm not sure if I'm, we're going to disagree. I think that it, they're good enough to win 10 games as well. I didn't cast a vote for the Titans. I kind of want to do the same with the Colts because I could see like one of them winning 10, the other winning nine. You know, so that's that's how that's why it's hard for me. And that's why I think the lines are good for Vegas. They didn't know what they're doing. So I would go with the over as well if I had to choose. I, I think they, they could win 10 games. But I also, just like the Titans, I, I don't feel strongly about either one i think it's a good line for vegas and anything can happen the the lines are really accurate especially for this division in my opinion well i guess the whole nfl vegas is pretty good at what they do they've been doing it for a while so there you have it that just about wraps it up for episode four of in the zone uh thanks to jose ferras and jeremy wilkes for for giving their insights um, being the only guy who's married in the panel, Jose has a bit of uh, some commitment issues when it comes to making decisions on over-under, but uh, he, he knows what he's talking about, so I'll take his word for it when he tells us to wait. But there you have it, and, and join us next week for Episode 5.
Thanks for tuning in.